if they'll just say amen. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 says, examine yourselves. Nobody else is going to do this for you. Examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Then it said, prove your own self. So two things, examine yourself and then prove your own self. Then it said, know you're not your own selves. How that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate. So the whole thing we're going to talk about today is how do you know that you're saved? How do you know you saved? If I, if I walk up to you today and say, are you saved? And you say, yeah, I'm saved. How you know? And that's what I'm talking about today. Because if you are saved, you ought to know how you're saved. Now, when I say saved, it's not the same thing as what you hear a lot of folks say when they use the word saved. I heard a person say they, was, they was, had been out of church. They say, I wasn't here for the last two weeks, but I'm still saved. Then you hear people say, do you believe in once saved, always saved? So my point is, I don't think people really understand of being saved. And I believe that's why God gave me this message. Right in the middle of what I got. Man, you know, I'm, I've got, I got a lot of word in me right now by meeting the I am. You know what I mean? But the thing about it is, it won't do no good if you're not saved. All right. So that's what I want to do. I want to take, take a break and just remind you of your salvation. Because that is what is important. That's why every day I pray for you. And when I say I pray for you, if you're the part of this body, if you're part of the body of Christ, or you're part of this particular body, I got a, I got a book. In my book, I probably got about six or seven or eight pages on both sides of, of names. When God gave me names, I put them in my book. And from that day on, I pray for you. In my book, I got a mother's board. We don't have a motherboard in the church. I just got a motherboard in my book. All right, praise God. All right, we're going to go to work. Now, one of the things that what I want to do today is, like I said before, is continue. So you have to get this morning. I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm going to hit you a couple high points there, but I'm going to have to go because I got to get to something. Let's go to John chapter 14. We're going to look at one verse. That's verse 30. Because that is going to, when Paul said, examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. Then he said, look, no, you're not your own selves. Then he told you what he was after, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobate. All right. So that is the whole thing. Is Christ in you? How do you know you are saved? Because if Christ is not in you, then you're not saved. Okay, that is, that is the ultimate goal. So let's start off with that first thing I told you about. And uh, we're going to go from there. Uh, I want to really dig into this today. John chapter number 14. We're going to look at one verse in that verse 30. He was talking about the Holy Ghost coming. We're not reading all that. We had a chance to do it this morning. Verse number 30, just one verse is on the screen. Let's read it together. It says, he after I would not talk with you much, uh, much with you. For the princess, princess world cometh and has nothing in me. Now, that's a very important verse there. The prince of this world at that time was Satan because he told you that. And we'll go to that after here. And that's 2 Corinthians 4. We go to that after here. 2 Corinthians 4. And we'll look at verse 3 and 4. He said, the princes were coming and had nothing in me. Now, he was talking about Satan himself, Lucifer himself. But the only way he could have did anything to Christ, he had to have sin in him. 
All right. He couldn't stop him. He couldn't stop him. He was unstoppable because he didn't have any sin in him. And these are the kind of things you got to understand why you know you're unstoppable, you know, uh, uh, because you have God's grace in you. That's Christ himself. All right. So let's look at this thing uh, uh, in John 14, 30. Once again, I want to read this. John chapter 14, verse 30, he says, Hereafter I will not talk with you, Mark. The princes were coming. And watch what he's going to say. And has nothing in me. All right. Now, I know a lot of translation put that a different way, but he's talking about sin. Because that's the only reason that the enemy will be able to stop him. He could not have died on the cross for us if he did have sin in us, in him. Now, I gave you all the scripture this morning. You get this morning tape because I'm not going to be able to go back through all of those to show you that Christ had no sin. Okay? But I want to take it to a couple places. I gave you one of them. What the last verse I just gave you? 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. I do that to see how you're listening. I'm being honest. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. Because you got to understand uh, the, what, what, what's, what's the devil looking for here. He's looking for sin. And the only, sin is not, I, I wasn't at church last week. But I'm still saved. Uh, look at her, she got a boyfriend. She ain't saved. See, all that kind of stuff, you're looking on the outward appearance. That's not what God looks at. The Bible said God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But it also says God looketh not on the outward appearance. God looketh on the heart. And the reason why he does that is because that's where sin lives. See, the same place where faith is now is in the heart. All right? It's in your conscience. That's your heart. That's why you don't serve God with your flesh. You serve God with your heart. You serve God with your conscience. You believe God with your heart. You believe God with your conscience. Those words are interchangeable. So you have to understand, it's, if your heart is not in it, then you're not worshiping anyway. All right. Now, let's, let's go to work here. How do you know you're saved? So when I use the word saved, I'm talking about no sin in the heart, no sin in the conscience. Uh, there's another verse of scripture I want to make sure I don't forget. That's Hebrew 9, 14. Because uh, he had to cleanse our conscience uh, so we can serve the living God. So we got a lot of things already jumping up. I like that when the Lord started ministering, you see those things start coming up out the, out the water. I like all that stuff. All right. So let's, let's do this. Uh, uh, Let's go to 2 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. That's where we are now. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. And I say we're going to go next. Hebrews 9, 14. I just called out. Thank you. Just want you to write them down because, see, when I'm moving like that, all right? So here we go. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 3 says, But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Now, he's talking about lost for it's not saved. All right, if our gospel be here, it's here to them that are lost. This word lost may not say, but he told you how were they lost. Here it is. In whom the God of this world. Now we went back to where we started off. See, the God of this world, Christ said, the God of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. 
All right, so now he said, if our gospel be hid, it's hid for them that, that are lost, in whom the God of this world, here it is, has blinded the mind of them which believe not. So he did what? Blinded the mind. All right, now the mind is the heart. Covered the heart. He covered the heart so you can't be saved. Say it with me. The God of this world did what? He covered the heart. He veiled the heart, right? So a person can't believe. Or he can't see. He can't believe. That's a spiritual sight. He cannot believe. All right? So what I want to do, I want to, I want to show you this. I want, to, I want to show you how powerful the word of God is. So this enemy blinded. But what does he use to blind the heart with? If you know what Paul ministers, so you want to, don't, don't just guess it now. You got to know the verses. Hold on. Acts 26, 18. Write it down. I'm going to teach it. You don't have to tell me today. If our gospel be hid, it's hid for them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has blinded the mind, blinded the hearts of them which believe not. Because you believe with your heart, right? Right. So you blinded the hearts of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, watch this, who is the image of God? Said the glorious gospel of Christ is the image of God. All right. Who is the image of God should shine, should shine under them. So otherwise, there's, you're not getting the light to the heart, right? The word light means knowledge. So these things you need to write down. So when I ask you another time, you'll know in the word of God, the word light means what? Knowledge. So the God of this world blind the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious gospel of Christ, which is the image of God, can shine in their hearts. They can't get no light in the heart. So that's why they sit in darkness. Old Testament said they that sit in darkness has what? Seeing a great light. So the only way you can get saved, light got to get in the heart. So only the gospel is the power of God under salvation. That's why, because it has the authority and the power to enter into the heart. All right, we know that through the book of Proverbs. See, knowledge enters into the heart. Somebody can find me and I give it to you. It's free. Everything is free. All right. So in 2 Corinthians 4, the God, the God, if our gospel be hid, he's talking about if the person not able to see what we're saying, if a person not able to understand what we're saying, it's because the God of this world has blinded their minds, their heart, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, which is the image of God, can shine under them. We need something to get this power broken. What is the power that blinds the heart? Here it is. Ignorance. We're going to show it to you. It's ignorance. So that's why Paul said in the next verse, we preach not ourselves, we preach Christ. Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servant for Jesus' sake. So you have to preach Christ. And that's why he had to do that because Christ is the power of God on the salvation. Christ is the only one that has the power to break in, to go into the heart and let them say, let there be light. Watch what it does. He's going to tell you in this same chapter. He said in verse 6, for God who commanded the light to shine. So what happened when I preached Christ? God command the light to shine. No other gospel can do it. Because the gospel is the image of God himself. And he is the one that started you off in the beginning. Let there be light. And there was light. 
So God, when the word of God is being preached, oh, this is good to me already. When the gospel is being preached, he command the light to shine out of darkness. He is now shining in our hearts, Paul says. He got in the heart. He shined in the heart. He gave the light, here it is, of the knowledge. He gave the light of the knowledge of God in the face of Jesus Christ, when we preach Jesus Christ. So that's why Paul said, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So you got to know what you possess. And that's why people can't get saved unless you know how to preach Christ. You got to know how to preach Christ to them. Amen. All right. You got to know the word. You got to know the scripture. You just can't tell them what you think. You got to know the word. All right. It's the word. All right. Now, I want to I give you that because I want to stay on course. What I gave you next. Acts 26, 18. Now, the word that the enemy uses, one word. What is it? Ignorance. Ignorance. So you want to write that down. Only, only thing ignorance means is lack of knowledge. And so we have to understand if I'm going to get you delivered or get you freed, I got to get that knowledge in you. That's why you always hear me say, listen, listen, listen. Because I'm trying to get something in you. I'm trying to get something in your heart. I'm trying to get the knowledge of the glory of God into your heart. And that's why you just open your heart. Like the Bible said, open your mouth wide. He's talking about open your heart. So God can fill it. You, you don't, 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 don't let nothing else do it. Don't try to do nothing. Don't try to help me out. Just open your heart. Lay back just like I had a, your favorite milkshake here. And just let you just drink, drink, drink. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to put the word in your heart. See, that's why David said, thy word... Have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God? You can't do it until God put this word in your heart. God trying to move a spirit out of our hearts and it's called ignorance. Lack of knowledge. That's all it is, a lack of knowledge. The, if you had more knowledge, you had more light. If you had more light, things will grow in your life. It's the light that causes stuff to grow. You're watching it in your yard right now. You've seen your grass dead because it wasn't nothing but water. But all oh God is letting the sun shine now and everything that's been hidden is going to begin to come to the surface. It takes the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, which is the power of God on the salvation. All right, that's where we're at. Acts 26. Look at the apostle Paul. His, his, his message, Acts 26, 18. He said... Paul, this is your ministry. Open their eyes. I'm going to do it, Lord. Turn them from darkness. I'm going to do it. Turn them to, to God. Then he says, listen, this is how you do it. You got to turn them from the power of Satan. I know you give me all this information, but what is it? Turn them from ignorance. That's what he's talking about. Open their eyes. Turn them from darkness. Turn them from, how is he going to do it? He got to give them the knowledge of the word. Turn them from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith. So knowledge, you want to put down the word ignorance because we got to find out what this word is because we want to make sure we don't have it. That's a word you don't need. That word ignorant means lack of knowledge. Hosea 4, 6, let me show you something happened to them. In the book of Hosea, this is a book my wife and I are going to look at real soon. It's right after Daniel. 
Now, Daniel, the book of Hosea was way before Jeremiah. I mean, say before Isaiah too. And yet God put it after the book of Daniel. Isn't that awesome? Because after, after Daniel, they came out of captivity. He knew what they're going to need. In Hosea chapter number four, my people, in verse six, my people are destroyed for what reason, pastor? For lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge. See, not that knowledge wasn't available. See, people don't, they think they already got it. I'm already okay. You don't, you don't, you talking about somebody else older. You, you ain't talking about me. I got it. No, you got to understand something. We all have some ignorance in us that we need to be delivered from. We need more knowledge. So God keep pouring his word out of this house. He said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I would also reject you, that thou shalt be no priest. You can't operate in the priestly anointing unless you have the knowledge of the word. Seeing you have forgotten the law of thy God, I would also forget your children. This is, this is deep stuff he said to them. And, and then let me tell you how it happened. As they were increased... So they sinned against me, God says. Therefore, I will change their glory and the shame. See, what happened is the, the, when they got to a place where they felt like they didn't need the knowledge of God's word no more. You got to come to a place. You can't go by last week manner. The Bible said, give us day by day our daily bread. You need this word every day. Every day. All right. That's what you got to understand. Now, I can show you a lot, but that's not my message. That's, I can show you a lot. i give you one more. Glory to God. Isaiah 513. Let me give you one more. In that same, in that same vein, Isaiah 513. See, you have to understand. In Isaiah chapter 5, verse 13, it said, Therefore my people are gone into captivity. See, all this stuff happened because they didn't have any knowledge. Therefore my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. See, when you, when you live in a lifestyle, when you allow some things to happen in your life, it's because you don't have knowledge. When you allow darkness to be in your life, from here we go to Ephesians, chapter 5, verse 11. No, 4, chapter 4 first, uh, verse 17. Ephesians 4, 17. See, you got to understand how this thing works. Therefore, my people are gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. It wasn't because they didn't have no money. They have no knowledge, and their honorable men are famished, and their multitude is dried up with thirst. Didn't have any knowledge. Life drying up, dying early. Didn't have no knowledge. Didn't have no knowledge. I'm trying to tell you, man, this word will keep you healthy and wealthy. But you got to keep the word. You got to keep that word. You got to keep that word coming into your heart. It's not a game. Don't ever think you got enough. This is what you're going to be doing through eternity. You never got enough. He said, their mother too dried up with thirst. Therefore, hell has enlarged herself. Open her mouth without measure. And their glory and their mother too in their pump. And he that rejoices shall descend into it. Don't want the word. That's why Israel went through what they went through. They did not want the word. Don't make the same mistake 
You are the ministry of what you get all the word you can get. I'm telling you, there's so much word coming out of this. Man, you, by the time you get to listen to last week's message, you're like, oh my God, I ain't did part two. Oh my God, he getting ready. Oh my God, he's just stacking up on you. Why am I doing it that way? Because you will never run out of word in this house. You will never run out of word in this house. Let me tell you something. I found out some stuff about Bethlehem. Bethlehem is what not only called the house of bread, it was called the house of meat. Bethlehem. It's where the lamb was taken and set apart. You got to understand something. Why did, they, why did they kill the lamb in Bethlehem? Why did they pass over? You had to get your lamb from Bethlehem. That's what the people in Bethlehem did. They raised the lambs. You got to wonder why Jesus went to Bethlehem to be born. God Almighty. That's coming. I ain't going to mess with my message today. I'm, I'm, I just want to wet your whistle a little bit. You got to know about Bethlehem. It's the house of bread. It's the house of meat. And it's where God fed your soul. Bethlehem of Judea. Hallelujah. And so that's why they, that's why they raised the sheep at. That's why they was in swaddling clothes. You go back and study. They were in swaddling clothes because they raised the sheep. And so when the sheep came out the mother's belly, they wrapped the clean the sheep, washed it with oil, and salted it down real good, and they wrapped the sheep in swaddling clothes. That's how they absolutely did the sheep. So when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, they wrapped him in swaddling clothes, just like they did the real lamb. Because they were in Bethlehem and people did not realize that's the man who is just gave us, God just gave us bread in Bethlehem. See, if you go back and look at the Old Testament, that's why the book of Ruth, that's why they had to go back home. We heard there was bread in Bethlehem going home. Oh, my God, that'll preach by itself, boy. All right. Now, let's go to work here. That was in Isaiah. I'm not going to give you no more on Isaiah. I told you I'm going to go to Ezekiel what? Ephesians 4.17. There you go. Let's go to Ephesians 4.17. See, we'll see this word ignorance because Paul dealt with it all through his ministry. He talked about this word because he knew his ministry was to open the eyes of the blind. And he's not talking about physically. What Jesus did physically, he did spiritually. His job was to open up the hearts and the minds of the people because the eyes had been blinded from the truth. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17. Watch what Paul says here. He says, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles, talking about unsaved folk. He said walk. They walk in the vanity of their minds. That's how they walk. They walk in the vanity of their minds. Having their understanding watch this, darkened. Having their understanding of what? Darkened. And because their understanding is darkened, now they're alienated from the life of God. They're alienated from the life of God. The life of God cannot even flow in their lives because of the darkness that's in their heart. That's why they need the word. How, how did that happen, Pastor? Through ignorance. Through ignorance. It, let's read it again. It said, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them. The ignorance is in them. The lack of knowledge is in them. They don't have the word to deliver them from their situation. The enemy is coming against their lives. But if they could believe in their hearts, 
if they had the faith they need in their heart, examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. No, you're not your own selves. Christ is Christ in you. Because he's the only one that can, if he's in you, then he is the light of your world. See, if you don't have the light in you, then the darkness is destroying your life. Ignorance is destroying your life. And you don't realize what's going on. He's destroying you, literally destroying you. And that's why if you get this light I'm talking about, that's who Christ is. Everything the Bible talked about in the Old Testament has been now fulfilled in Christ. Everything you talk about in the Old Testament, Christ already have come and fulfilled it. He has replaced it. He has perfected it. And yet people still want the bread off the table. The bread is coming to you from heaven. You still want bread off the table. Miss the service here to go somewhere to get bread on the table. Don't realize he told you that was death. My God, people can't wait to die. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. He came to replace the bread that was on the table. He came to fulfill the bread that was on the table. He came to change your diet. He's talking about the lamb that was born in Bethlehem. He is your bread of life. Ephesians 4, 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds, having their understanding darkened being alienated from the life of God. Through the ignorance, it's the ignorance that keeping them from the life of God. And that ignorance is in them because of the blindness, once again, of their heart. Because of the blindness of their heart. Who past feeling have given themselves over to, watch this, lasciviousness, work uncleanness and adultery, all those things. But he said, the problem is you have not learned Christ. You still think you know Christ. If so be that you have heard him, have been taught by him, and the truth is in Jesus, you got to put off concerning the former conversation the old man, you got, you got to get rid of the old man. I'm going to show you something. It was a choice. Eve chose the old man over the new man. Both trees was in the garden. She chose the tree of knowledge of good and evil over the new man. She could have easily said, I want the new man. I don't want the old man. When she chose the old man, she flipped everything God had for man. She put the natural before the spiritual. And I'm going to show you in the word of God, it wasn't like that in the beginning. It was the spiritual before the natural. But when she ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, she chose the natural before the spiritual. Don't you do the same thing? Don't you know if you don't choose the word of God, there are people who won't come to church Choosing the physical, natural stuff of this world in the place of God's word. And when you do that, you choose everything in that natural realm. You don't just choose the natural realm, you choose everything in it. Satan is a god of that world. 
Christ is the God of the spirit world. The spirit world that you're in, Satan is not the God of. You were delivered out of that world where he was. In this world, all power been given to one man in heaven and in earth. He has been made both Lord and Christ. That's why in the Old Testament, it was the old world. And Satan was the God of that world. And Jesus told them in John 12, 31, he told them that God of this world getting ready to be cast out. And that's what he did. Told him he's going to do it through his death. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the God of this world be cast out. How are you going to do it, Jesus? And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, you crucify me. I'm going to draw all men into me. And that's what he did when he rose from the dead. He, he, he brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. Let's go to work. Man, you got to know what he did. If you just only understood. He, he asked a question. Is Christ in you? You got to be able to answer that question. You can't say, I thank you. I mean, I asked him to come in. But is it, did he come in? Because if he didn't come in, sin lived in your house. Christ said in John chapter 4, go back to it again. John 4.30. You got to understand something. When Christ was getting ready to go to the cross, he went to the cross as a man. He had to armor himself as a man. He had to die as a man. Anointed by the Holy Spirit. So he knew the devil had nothing over him. Because he had not broken the law. He knew sin was not in his heart. So to be saved means. I do not have sin in my heart. You can't do evil if evil is not in your heart. You can't have the works of the flesh if sin is not in your heart. You'll have the fruit of the Spirit. So you got to examine yourself whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. No, you're not that Jesus Christ is in you except you be reprobate. God is not even your father. This is not a game. Well, Pastor, I go to church. <laughs> Ain't that right? Devil go to church too. We're used to no covenant. Hallelujah. How do you know you say where I go to church? I take communion. Especially on the fourth Sunday. Some of some people say I take it every week myself. Well, I joined the church, Pastor. I've been baptized. I've been baptized more than once myself. I've been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I covered all bases. I baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and I've been baptized in the name of Jesus. Got it all. I keep the commandments. Matter of fact, I do it all. I'm a cheerful giver. You got all this credential, but I want to know something. How you know you say? Because first of all, if you have the Holy Spirit, it's why I left off with you this morning. What else I got you out there? Hebrew nine fourteen. Don't take so long. Get it, get it, get it, get it, get it, get it. <laughs> Hebrew chapter 9, verse 14. Thank you, Lord. 
I told you we're going to go back to John chapter 16. I got to show you something. In verse 8, that's where we go next. Hebrews 9, 14, watch what it says. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, off himself without spot to God, watch what he did. Purge your conscience. Purge your conscience from dead works so you can serve the living God. God cannot come in your house until it's been washed with the blood of Christ. God cannot get rid of the sin that's in your house until God cannot allow the Holy Spirit to come in your heart until the blood of Christ cleanses your heart from sin. That's how you know you're saved. Once God washed the heart with his blood, guess what he's going to do next? He's coming in. He's coming in. You don't have to worry about it. The house is clean. It's his house. But he, even in the old covenant, types and shadows, when, when, when they finished the temple, the Holy Ghost came in. That's why they always offer God sacrifices. And that's what you got to understand. There's a sacrifice. That's what Christ did. I gave you this morning. What, what was it? We know he died, but the Bible says he died for our sins. He had to be made sin. You get this morning's tape. He had to be made sin. And the only way he was made sin is he had to die on the cross. And when he died on the cross, he was crucified. And because of that, he was accursed. And because he was accursed, now he was made sin. And now God can make us righteous. But he had to be made sin. He had to die on the cross. He couldn't have been shot, stabbed, fall off a building. Thank God he didn't. He had to die on the cross. When he died on the cross, he became a curse. It became, because he became a curse, now he was made sin. He qualified to die on the cross. Now he took our sin to the cross. And now we are able to be through his death, burial, and resurrection. We are able to make sure we don't have no sin in our heart. You got to understand that sin have to come out of our heart. Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 3. I know I gave you something else. Let's go there first. Romans chapter 8 verse 3. See, you got to understand what God did. Oh my God, will you understand all the work he did. That's why last week I was trying to get there, never finished. Only took three days and three nights. When God got through with three days and three nights, he had created a new creation. Old thing was passed away. Oh, behold, all things had become new. In three days and three nights. He already died to pay for it all, buried to cover it all up, and then he rose from the dead to make sure everybody knew what had been done because he had risen from the dead. He buried the old and raised up the new in three days and three nights. What a mighty God we serve. What verse are we going to? Romans chapter 8, verse 3. Sound like what you said. All right, Romans chapter 8, verse 3. Now, in Romans chapter 8, verse 3 in the King James, I'm just going to read it out there. I think it's a good other translation, but Romans 8, 3 says, For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, or talking about through man's fleshly nature. God sent his own son in likeness of sins for flesh. He did it for sin. And the Bible says, 
condemned sin in the flesh. He did not condemn the people. He condemned the sin. And when God condemned the sin, I gave you a definition of the word condemn this morning. Anybody remember? If he condemned sin, what did he do to the sin? He judged the sin. Give me another one. He punished the sin. He consumed the sin. See, that's why the fire fell on him. He burned up the shaft, the Bible said. He consumed the sin. That's what he did. That Old Testament, when you see Elijah, Elisha, when you see that, uh, that fire fell, that was a type of the fire God fallen on Christ. You see, it burned up all of that stuff. See, that's what it, so condemned, he condemned the sin, meaning he put an end to it. So that's what happened when the Holy Spirit come in your life. He puts an end to sin. See, you don't, have, you don't have no more sin in you. See, you're just like it was. See, now, now this is the key. Will you not say, you know what you said when I said there's no more sin in you? <laughs> that means you need to examine yourself, whether you be in the faith. Because if you got Christ in you, sin is not in you. You can't have Christ in you and sin in you. Christ, the purpose of Christ coming into your life was to destroy sin in you and destroy the old nature and give you his nature. That's why Christ says in John, that's why I read to you John 14 and 30, Satan coming, but he had nothing in me. So once you get born again, the devil has nothing in you. Not nothing. Amen. So if he doesn't have anything in you, guess what? He can't stop you. Ain't that right? So that's why Jesus Christ said that. And then after that, he went to the garden and he prayed in the garden. But he had to first make sure there was nothing in him. All right. And that's why he, how he over, this overcame him. And that's why the Bible says, and this is the victory to, for, to first John talked about to the church of God that overcoming the world, even our faith. So you have to understand something. In the flesh, there's a lust of the flesh, 1 John 2, 15, 16, 17. I'm not going to these. There's a lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And, and the Bible tells you, you have to overcome the world. And this is the victory to overcoming the world, 1 John 5, 4, even our faith. So when God gave you faith, he gave it to you because you had overcome the world. In Christ, you are an overcomer. See, you don't have to do like them. They had to have the faith to absolutely do it by faith to overcome the world. You already got the faith because God gave you his. He gave them faith, but they had to absolutely live by faith. You live through faith. Your victory is already won. I should have got at least one clap. If my victory is already won, that means I don't have to fight no devils. Boo devil, boo devil. I don't have to boo no devils. All I got to do is, 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 is destroy the ignorance in my life. That's what I do every day. All right, now, is there anything else I got before I move on? I gave you Hebrew 9, 14 last time. Is, did I give you anything else? I, John 16, 8. Thank you, sir. Just one verse. Anybody got something else? All right. Remember, I gave you the word condemned already. Judge sin. That's what he did with sin. But I want to show you John 16, 8. What, what did he do? What did the Holy Ghost do when he came in your life? This is the purpose of the Holy Ghost. Now, I told you only one can be here at a time. And when he come in your life, that's what he does. He reproves you of sin. 
So you have to know what that, what that word reprove means. So I gave you three words this morning. I said we're going to pick it up right here. And that number one word is convicting. This is what the Holy Ghost does to you. King James used one word, reprove. But he convict you, he convince you, and he converts you. This is what the Holy Ghost does when he comes in your life. That's why you don't have to go straighten folk out. Once the Holy Ghost comes in their life, he straightens them out. So you pray that they'll be saved, receive the Holy Spirit. And after that, the Holy Ghost take care from that. You can't watch them 24 hours. You can't watch them 24-7. You ain't got to worry about it. You be going like, well, see, they just got saved. I got I to gotta keep them around me because they be getting high. Uh, just make sure to get the Holy Spirit. Oh, they get ready to do this here. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I may know what I'm talking about. Man, once you get the Holy Spirit, all that stuff you're talking about doing, they're not going to be doing. The Holy Ghost do not, do, do not un, I'm telling you, he will keep going on you until you are completely delivered. Anything in your life that he got to share, he does not like sharing you. I'm telling you right now. That's why the Bible said he's, that's why he told him about idols, because he's a jealous God. One of his names is jealous. That's how jealous he is. All right, he's not sharing you with nobody. Now, that's, now you ought to know that. He gave us the same, that spirit nature we got. Amen. Oh, come on. Now, you're going to share, David? Sure. All right, all right. You don't, you don't get it. You're not going to share your wife and share your husband. Come on, if, if you're in Christ, Christ's not going to share you. Do you understand what I mean? It's not going to be nobody else. All right, all right. All right. And he's going to keep working your life until it's all gone. I'm telling you right now. He, gonna, he wants you all to himself. And that's, that's what's going on. The flesh lusts against the spirit. The spirit against the flesh. That's what's going on. So you'll be all here. So just give up all that stuff and make it easy. All right. That's why you can do that little son. All yours. Son, That's what he's talking about. Okay. You told him that. Now you got to tell the Lord that. All right. So John 16 and 8. Some of y'all take a little while to catch on with this. John chapter 16, verse 8. He says, and when the spirit of truth has come, he will reprove the world of sin. That's the word we're going to look at. He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He's going to reprove. So we're going to put that word down, reprove, because these are the definitions. Let's go to Ephesians 5, 11. We're going to show you that word. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11. So when he says he's going to reprove the world of sin, you got to understand what he's talking about. He's talking about convicting, convincing, and converting you. That's what, that's what the Holy Ghost does. So if you got the Holy Spirit in you, that's what he's going to do. He's not going to let you be pleased with your old life no more. That's, he, that's his work. Okay. And that's what the blood of Christ. So that's why in my prayer life, I have one of these things I says, and I thank God for the blood of Christ. I thank God for convicting me. I thank God for convincing me. I thank God for converting me because I, wouldn't, I have to continue changing. You can't get satisfied with who you are. Amen. Don't ever think that you have arrived. Ephesians 5, 11. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 11. If you think you have arrived, you just ask people who know you. 
and they'll tell you, you need to change a little more. You ever ask anybody, do I need to change anymore? Just take, take some time, just say, look, I want you to know, I want to hear from my best friend, do I need to change anymore? And they said, so do you really want me to tell you? <laughs> you get Ephesians 5.11, if you can handle it now. Watch what he says, have no confidence, Ephesians 5.11. Have no confidence in the unfruitful works of darkness. Remember, that's what you're dealing against, it's darkness. So have no confidence, have no confidence in the unfruitful works of darkness, but you got to do what? Reprove them. And that's what light does, right? That's why you need the light. So if you continue to get the word, you are saying, I'm not satisfied with my life. Because that's what the word does. It keeps reproving you. It, it keeps convicting you. It keeps convincing you. It keeps converting you. That's what that light keeps doing. It says in the verse, verse number 12, For it's a shame even to speak of those things which are done to them in secret. But all things are reproved that that word again are made manifest by the light. That word light means knowledge. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. All right. That's why he said when he saved you. Wherefore he said, this one told me he saved you. Awake, awake thou that sleepest. Arise from the dead. That's what happened when Christ saved you. And Christ shall give you light. So that's what happened when God saved you. He woke you up out of darkness, out of your sleep. That's what he did. He told you to rise. He raised you from the dead. Because we were dead in sins and trespasses in sin. And then he gave us light. That word light means knowledge. And now he said, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. That's why he's telling you to do that now. So you got to understand something. You, gotta, you can't get rid of your source. See, your source is light. This is, this is what you live in. This is what God dwells in. It's light. He lives in light. See, and so you got to make sure you stay in the word because the God's word is a lamp unto my feet and he's a light to my path. You're going to need the light to live and to walk because you have to understand there is another side called darkness. And you're going to have to have that, that word darkness means ignorance. So the more light you get in you, the more darkness can come out of you. That, that sounds good to me. I don't know, get a Lord a big hand for that. I just, that sounds good to me. I don't want no darkness. I don't want no darkness in me. Let's go to the book of John chapter number one. When, when he first came, watch, watch what he says. He said the same thing in, in the gospel of John when he came. Uh, in the beginning was the word. John one and one. So you have to understand something. His whole thing is that he is your light. You got to understand, you don't have physical light. So when you go study the, the last chapter in Revelation when the house is built, you realize there's no temple because that's who you are. And you got to understand that the light comes from him that's in the temple. See, I'm going to do a teaching in that area. You're going to have to know everything that's in your house. All right. Here we go. John chapter 1, verse 1. That's where we're at. In the beginning. He's talking about when it started out. In the beginning. In the beginning, not just a time, it's a person. That's why Christ is called beginning and ending. The revelation told you that's who he is. 
So he is your beginning and he is your ending. In the beginning was a word. And the word was with God and the word was God. The same was with God, was in the beginning with God. Now he's going to tell you in verse 2, all things are made by him. Now remember, that's who he is. He's light. Remember when it all started out, he said, let there be light. See, creation was already there, but they had to have light before it come forth. And that's what you got to understand. God has created a lot of stuff in you, but you got to have the knowledge to bring it to forth. You got to have the light to cause it to come forth. If God did not allow the sun to shine after he had watered the earth, you would still see dead grass. Grass would still be there, but it wouldn't have the power of resurrection. Light is that power of resurrection. Say it with me. God's light is the power of resurrection in your life. So when you continue to get the word and the knowledge of God's word, what are you getting? Resurrection power. What is what for? All the dead things in your life can come to life. All the hidden things in your life can be brought to life. All the things that you haven't been seeing in your life, that's how they come up. They got to come up. See, there was a creation, there has to be a manifestation. You've been created a new creature. There's a lot of stuff need to be manifested. Well, it's not over there, it's in here. But you got to have the light to bring it forth. And that's why people don't want the word. I got to man, I've been to Bible class last week. I ain't going to, man, I ain't read. I've been listening to Pastor Crump, man, for, oh, I listen to that saying. I already heard that. I got tapes of you in my car. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, probably do. But that's how they think. They don't understand that if you keep putting this word on, when your flesh don't want to hear it, you keep putting this word on when your flesh don't want to hear it. You'll find out that your spirit will begin to grow. And after a while, things begin to come up in your life that has laid dormant for years. It takes the word. The word is the resurrection. The word is the life. Do you understand? You don't know what's in your house. If you extend that word, that word will bring it to light. You get up one morning, you be shut up on my heart. Where that come from? It was already in the house. It can't come out unless the Spirit of God raised it up. He can't do it without the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Everything got to happen but the Word. The Spirit used the Word to bring you out of here. Everything you need, the Spirit would do it, but give Him the Word. Arm yourselves with the truth. You got to give your spirit some ammunition to be able to help you. That's why you got headlights on your car. When darkness come, they come on. They made them so they don't ask you no more. When darkness come on, they come on by themselves. If you'll make sure the light, come on somebody, hallelujah. If you'll make sure God lights it in your heart, when the darkness begin to come against your life, the light will come. God will arise. Let, let God arise. Man, we've we played church so long, we don't know why we're here. You come to get the word. 
You got to know why you're here. You're not coming here across the door of faith. I'm coming here because that brother got the word. And that brother makes sure we get that word every Sunday. I can't come here. Man does not live by bread only. Man live by the word. You might understand something. You might desire this with all your heart. You need to read the book of Proverbs again. You're going to need the word to live. All that stuff you see in your life that shouldn't be there, you keep getting the word, it'll kill it. The word of God will kill stuff in your life that don't supposed to be there and let the stuff that need to come up, come up. Don't you understand? If you're going to get rid of dead grass, you got to have more light. If God didn't let the sun come up, your line will be dead for the rest of the year. But God will make sure the sun shines. And those things that are dead will come forth. And that other stuff that's already need to be pruned, when the light, when the, when the, when the light comes forth, it'll break off the old and let the new stuff come out of your life. That's why you don't see no new stuff in people's lives. They don't want no word. When you see the same old stuff in your life year after year after year, you ain't got no word. It's not, you're not a bad person, you just ain't got no word. You got to change your eating habit. You got to reverse the, You got to reverse things in your life. Put the put the spiritual before the natural. That's what Eve did when Eve ate of the tree of now the good and evil. She put the natural before the spiritual. You got to you got to reverse that. Don't have the natural before the spiritual in your life. You got to let God know. I want the word. I know it's time to go to dinner, but I want the word. I know it's time for this, but I got to have the word. Four o'clock on Sunday morning, I don't ask nobody, do I need to get up? My clock set for that. So I would never oversleep. Already got a routine. When I get up in the morning, I'm going to my bathroom and I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray to God till I pray for all the people that I know about. And then I'm going to go take me a hot shower and I'm going to walk out there in victory. Because I already know. I've already prayed. I'm not worried about what comes up against me today. I already prayed. That's why you already pray. Once you pray, you turn your life over to the Lord. And you are saying, you lead me, you guide me, you teach me, you help me, you bless me. Everything comes from him. You don't have to worry about anything. You turn everything over to him. All that stuff ain't number salvation. He leads me. He guides me. He's praying for me. He blesses me. He teaches me. He prospers me. Oh, that's my salvation. And all I got to do is just be a son. Act like I'm a son. Talk like I'm a son. Live like I'm a son. Let him know I'm a son. I'm not a slave. I'm a son. My daddy is the king. And I'm the son. I came here to stand in the same place of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. He made himself available so we all can become him. Otherwise, God broke down one man and made millions. So if you ain't Christ, you are son. You got his spirit, you are his son. Everything that the father has is yours. Everything that the spirit has is yours. You got to start living like it.
stop saying you're broke, you ain't broke, you just lack knowledge. You don't know what you got. You don't know who you are yet. But you might not see it, start talking like it. Start acting like it. Start dressing like it. There's nothing wrong but every now and then you ought to put on something. Dress up a little bit. Change your view of who you are. Every now and then. So that's why the Holy Ghost, he, he has to come in us and reprove us. What an awesome, what an awesome God we serve. He's the one that's changing us. He's convicting us. He's convincing us. He's converting us as we go along every day. And you got to let him do his work. So when, it's, when the Holy Spirit says something you don't like, just agree with it and stop fussing with it. And God will have some people who will say some things in your life that you don't like, but they right. And you might as well just suck it up and go on and say, yeah, they're right. Praise God. It's an awesome thing to ask God to help you. And then when somebody come to help you, you tell them that ain't from the Lord. I bind that. Why are you binding that? You just pray. Don't you know what you prayed about? Look at, look at 1 Corinthians 11. I think you got the message. So when the Holy Ghost come in your life to, be, to save you, he have to take the nature of sin out your heart and give you his nature. Now, I heard my, 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 my uh, son, I don't call him son-in-law, he's my son now, Minister Hayes. Him and my daughter had a cat. And he kept telling my daughter, you need to get rid of the cat. I'm not talking about your cat. I'm talking about his cat. Because that cat had some spirits. And one day, he said, Renee, that cat barked. She said, I'm not lying. I ain't never saw a cat bark. And Renee said, ain't no cat gonna bark. She said, because if he bark, he out of here. <laughs> and one day, hallelujah, the cat barked. <laughs> and they thought they had, he had something in his mouth, a throat or something. But Renee said, I don't know, that, 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 that cat barked. Cat don't live there no more. <laughs> Now, it's, it's an awesome thing, but I'm making a point. When you are born of the Spirit, you have God's nature. So you have to understand something. It's not my nature to do some stuff. I don't have the nature. See, once God takes the sin out your heart, out your conscience, then he gives you the, his nature. Then his nature, you want the word. Now, you got to understand, you first started out, you didn't want the word. I mean, you didn't even want to come to church, especially no four Sundays. Four Sundays? 
Four? Yeah, we're going to church every Sunday. Every? And the only problem you had was you didn't have God's nature. See, you couldn't believe for that. You couldn't handle that because that's spiritual. You was in the fleshly zone. God had to flip it. You had to agree with God so he can turn your natural realm into a spiritual realm. Otherwise, flip it. And that's what happened with Eve. See, Eve was in a spiritual realm. They didn't even know their own nakedness. But once she ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, she fell from that realm into a physical, natural realm so they knew they were naked and they were afraid. All that stuff, fear, and all that stuff is in the natural realm. Man, if you hear what I just said. See, fear is not in the spirit realm, not in your world. That's why Paul said to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, 7, I think, right? God has not given us the spirit of fear. See, it's not in our realm. It's not in our nature. God didn't give us that. That's in the natural realm. So you got to examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith. Otherwise, are you in this kingdom? Are you in the kingdom? Because if you're in the kingdom, then you have righteousness and peace and joy every day. It's not, it's not like, oh, I have a good day. I have my, I've had something. That's why we don't sing that here. That's why I told you, I told you that we ain't saying that anymore. See, people like that. I've had my good day. Duh! Then you turn around and say, and I had some bad days. Oh, Jesus. Why you want the bad days? I mean, can't you let them go? Okay, the man made a millions off that record. That's his thing. It ain't yours. Stay with just good days. Just have some good days. You're in the kingdom of God. Before I got saved, I had some bad days. But I'm not, I'm not in that, that world no more. I'm in the kingdom now. And once you come in the kingdom of God, then the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You got to start enjoying and stop saying what somebody else is saying. Don't never sing that song here no more. <laughs> See, something you got to get out of your vocabulary. I want to be in God's joy all the time. Now, now why? 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 Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Don't you know you keeps alive? Joy is God's power in your life that keep your youth. It's what keeps your youth. This is what keeps your youth. It's the joy. That's why you watch when you have young children around you, what they do with David when David was in bed. He got to be an old man. He could not move. They gave him a young woman and put her in the bed with him, not for sex, but to keep him warm. Otherwise, fellowship. And David began to realize and began to come back because that young woman brought him back. Now, I didn't tell you, old man, go get your young woman. That, that ain't what I'm just saying. But I can tell you one thing, you watch, you watch, you watch, you watch women who have grandchildren. Those grandchildren have them doing things they think they would never do. And that's why a lot of times you bring a lot of young people around you and it's good for you. 
you got to see what God doing. God will bring young people in your life that he wants you to help, but he's trying to keep you young. Come on, clap your hands. My time is up. First Corinthians chapter 15. Give the Lord a great big hand. Come on, stand up on your feet. You want to make sure that you have the spiritual doors open in your life, not just natural. You got to make sure there are spiritual doors in your life. And that's what happens when you come into the spirit realm. Once you come into the spirit realm, then the things of the spirit begin to operate in your life. But you got to allow the Holy Ghost to do it. Don't quench him. Don't grieve him. You grieve the spirit when you allow idolatry in your life. When you begin to bow to other gods and other spirits and allow other things to come in your life. You don't let nobody control you. That's witchcraft. I'm married to my wife. I don't control her. She's not a robot. She's my wife. I don't try to make her in my image. She made in God's image. So I got to let God make her and God make me. When I first married my wife, I was going to make her to my image and my likeness. And we had divorce papers in the trunk. But you got to let God make her and let God make you. He does it all with his word. All right. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received, and where you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain. I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. I heard the Spirit of God say to me in a personal heart. They said, Pastor, how do I do that? Just what I just got through saying, they said, Pastor, how do I do that? You have to allow the Spirit to do it. You can't do it. You don't have to make your wife be what you want her to be. You can't make her have your prayer life. We're going to pray at 6 o'clock every morning. You pray at 6 o'clock every morning. Let her have her prayer life. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.